Thank you all for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. On today's episode, oh yeah, full show with our guy Andrew Wade from Lockdown Hawkeyes. Uh, yeah, we're, we're spending both of our bye weeks just bantering about the Big Ten, baby. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, you wonderful Spartan fans, you wonderful Locked On Spartan fans. Uh, you guys are simply the best. Love you all. Um, how you doing? How are we all doing today on this beautiful Thursday, October 21st? Yes, it is uh, the birthday of a accidental uh, recurring host <laughs> time to time. Uh, I'm talking about my one-year-old son. Uh, I know sometimes when I chat with other people or record, uh, you can hear his screams every once in a while in the background. And uh, first of all, sorry for that. Uh, that's on me. That's one of the joys of working from home and recording from home and sharing this very small home. Uh, and second of all, yeah, th- thanks for uh, thanks for putting up with that. So yeah, uh, really quick, just have to shout out my one-year-old son who I, oh, I know is going to listen to this podcast on his commute this morning. So no, uh, on today's show, guys, a uh, full, full episode with uh, Andrew Wade of Lockdown Hawkeyes. That's right. We collaborated on this episode because, well, it's both of our bye weeks. Uh, before getting into that conversation, though, need to politely ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Yes, this is Locked on Spartans. Oh, yeah, baby. That's right. We do this five days a week, Monday through Friday. If you ever have any questions, um, yeah, hit me up. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. I know throughout the week I've been teasing an interview with a former MSU player for tomorrow's episode. Let's just say that did not end up happening. Um, yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. So, but hey, we'll still have fun on tomorrow's show as well. well. We've got a lot of great mailbag questions that I've been wanting to get to, and, well, what better time to get to them than a Friday? All right, guys, I'll stop uh, wasting time here. Let's get to our guy, Andrew Wade, and our uh, yeah, our little chat about Big Ten football. Woo. Matt, you are in a spot where you're probably in a good mood. Uh, I mean, if you, I, I think if you would have started the season and said Michigan State would be undefeated at this point, you would have probably been pretty happy, right? Yeah, I would have thought maybe a meteor hit. Oh, I don't know. Uh, my <laughs> program, practice facility, um, uh, I don't know. A, a rocket falls down and hits uh, Indiana's facility. Like I, I would have thought a lot of disasters happened for MSU to get to 7-0. and But, no, it's just the offense works most games. Five and a half of the seven games that they've worked. But our defense is pretty solid. And, yeah, man, I mean – Plus, it hasn't been a murderer's row schedule yet, but there are still some good wins in that 7-0 start here, and I'm sure we'll talk to it. But, yeah, dude, I'm in a happy mood. I'm not even going to ask how you're doing. I'm yeah, I'm doing poor, poor, man. I'm doing pretty poor. Uh, I think I think if we had talked about this and said, hey, Andrew, I would be 6-1 and one heading into their bye week. And you would ask me how would I felt, I'd be like, I'm pumped. I'm ecstatic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy. But then when you look at this, you say Iowa's going to lose to Purdue and get absolutely dominated by two players, just two, and a rotating set of trio of quarterbacks. I would have lost my freaking mind, which is what I did. But nevertheless, we're going to talk about Big Ten football all around because um, I don't know what the heck is going on in this conference at this point. Uh, there's Every team has some weaknesses. Uh, Wisconsin appears to be one of the worst teams in the Big Ten West. I would love to talk about that. Uh, Michigan State, I've caught several Michigan State games. I don't know. I have this. Uh, I haven't showed you, but I have this awesome setup now. I have four TVs in my man cave with four recliners. Wow, and so I can you. basically catch every game at any point. And I'm getting really scared watching Michigan State, dude. That offense with Speedy Naylor and Kenneth Walker, I'm like, you're explosive. You're incredibly explosive. Like, might be one of the most explosive teams in the country. Is that is that too aggressive there? 
I okay, listen, I would say I have no reason to not think that, but I guess I do have a reason not to think that. Like Indiana followed us up pretty well. But I, and I said this earlier in the week in my pod, that's like every team, no matter how good or great you are, like you, you do have off games every once in a while. And especially when you're going on the road in a conference game against a team that's starting for a win, also coming off a bye week. So head off to Indiana. Like they they kept our trio of Kenneth Walker, Jaden Reed, and Jalen Naylor beyond in check um with that said though those guys are still healthy they're still here like they still have their explosive legs their explosive attributes so yeah i mean i i don't think it's gonna be a long-term issue i think it was just a little hiccup um knock on wood uh yeah i think that they'll pick up where they left off hopefully sooner than later hopefully against michigan on october 30th because oh my goodness gracious that is uh yeah that'll be a game that'll be a hoot and a half so yeah dude it's, it's been crazy it's interesting because when you look at Indiana's schedule, I kind of feel bad for them. Like, Indiana finally has oh, a pretty good football yeah. team together, and they just get quite possibly the worst opening half of a season in the history of college football. I mean, you have Iowa at home at Kinnick, the first game in two years where fans are at, and Michael Penix Jr. isn't completely healthy. You get Cincinnati, which is now number two in the nation. I don't agree with that, but Cincinnati's still a good team nevertheless. Sure. Yeah. And you get Michigan State, like, this isn't fair to this point for, for Indiana. You also have – did they have Penn State as well two weeks ago, I thought? They have Penn State and also this weekend ago? coming up. They, they have Ohio State. So, like, in, in their first six or seven games, like – Playing against number ten Michigan State was like one of their easiest games of the season. <laughs> it's it's just absurd. Like a lineup. I know. I feel horrible for them. It seems too. I don't have a problem with them. It makes it makes the law. It makes the win doesn't seem as good though for any of our teams. Like I can't go back and say, man, Iowa beat Indiana. What a good win because Indiana has like two. Like they just they don't look as good from the national media perspective. But like if they played a schedule like Cincinnati, maybe Indiana is undefeated. Whoa. They'd be fine. Yeah, I think they'd yeah. be A-OK. But, yeah, like, listen, we know Indiana is a good win. Like, we <laughs> have that agenda that we're going to get to push. But once you bring that up, it's like, well, actually, Indiana was a good – they're going to stop listening to you. They're like, I got two wins. Relax, dude. But, no. Like, yeah. But, like, listen, like, the Big Ten is also littered with teams like this, too, where it's like, I don't really know what to think of them. And I know we're going to get to it later on. But it's just complete up and down. And starting with this Michigan State-Michigan game on October 30th, like, it, it's fun, like, both – sides of the fan base kind of have like a standoff here where they know that both teams are very flawed and neither have like any great win in their undefeated season so far. Like so far, both of our best wins are against the same team, Nebraska, like, boo, Oh boy. So like, I, I don't know, man. It's like, and I love this, like we're kind of tiptoeing along the line. Like we are both wildly insecure about our teams. Well, we are still good. Maybe, bo- no, I wouldn't say great. We'll decide who's great on October 30th, but while we're still good teams, we still have, Glaring holes on each side. Look, Michigan State's offensive line. Michigan's quarterback play. Okay, we can keep lying to ourselves and saying that that's an okay situation down there, but I think they know it's not. So it's, yeah. But that just makes us two of all 14 Big Ten teams because everyone's got something going on this year. Even Ohio State at times. At times. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State, they've definitely gotten better, I feel like, since that Oregon game. But yeah. some weaknesses there as well. I mean, Minnesota, that first game, carved them up. I really thought Ohio's de- Ohio State's defense was just – ridiculous uh, a lot of open holes in the zone their defenders were not able to get anywhere near them uh on offense they're doing definitely a lot better a lot more explosive but they really live and die by that explosive play and against some of the the big 10 defenses that isn't going to be the easiest way to get points a lot of teams in the big 10 pride themselves on not giving up the explosive play like in iowa you did mention nebraska though and i want to talk, talk about nebraska because I, I traditionally hate Please. nebraska Play, I just, sure. Yeah, yeah. I think Nebraska is terrible. I hate Scott Frost. I think he's a terrible coach. At a certain point, like at a certain point, you have to realize 
It isn't the players. You've been recruiting all these guys for four years, and you can't do crap out. There's no reason why you should be losing every single game by three points. At some point, you've got to pull that out. There's, there's like a bad streak, and then there's just maybe there's something wrong with your program. And I think it's personally Scott Frost. But Nebraska, they are last in the Big Ten West behind Illinois, and they might be the second-best team in the Big Ten, the Big Ten West, not the Big Ten. But, like, they're yeah. one and four in the conference. They're behind Illinois. They're behind Northwestern. They're behind Wisconsin. Like, they should be the second-best team in the Big Ten, and yet – or the Big Ten West, and yet here they are. They might not get into a bowl game again. No. Like, and if football games were 53 minutes long, Nebraska would be an awesome team. <laughs> it's just like without fail, they find a way to shoot themselves in the foot and just give the game right back. And kind of like what you're saying was, like, is it Scott Frost's fault or the players' fault? I keep on like going on this roller coaster of who to blame because after the Michigan State game, okay, the, the punter kicks it left when he should have punted it right. Okay, I understand that he threw the player under the bus. I'm like, well, okay, you guys also completely choked in overtime too. And then it happens again the following week or two weeks against Michigan where Martinez is just coughing the ball up willy-nilly near their red zone with three minutes to go. And now it's like maybe Frost has a point here. Maybe, maybe the players are kind of really screwing this stuff for him. So, but then again, like you said – you're the guy bringing these players on and making sure that they're mentally right every single week or rather mentally not right every single week. So I don't know. It's, it's just a whole blame pie and everyone gets their own slice. It's everyone's. It's fun. My my best friend's a Nebraska fan. So he's, we're literally watching Iowa games, Nebraska games on our four TVs. And I'm just sitting there like, Oh my God, I'd be so pissed off if I were you. Like, I would never come back. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why he does this to himself. He's watched the last four Iowa Nebraska games with me. And last year, like Nebraska just kept, and we were so hungover because we got very drunk on Thanksgiving and just, Kept snapping the ball over Martinez's head, and he's like, "I I have no feelings right now. I'm just hurting." <laughs> I was like, "I don't know, what to tell you, man, this is rough." No, it's tough, and like I feel like their counterpart too over in the East, Rutgers, is kind of having an odd season too. Because like I thought they were going to be fine this season. Like I thought Shiana was right in the ship, a okay. Like yeah, they have a murderous row of games after their pretty solid start to the season. They've got what was I think it was Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State in that order. Perfect. You get to have some Northwestern medicine when Northwestern has looked just awful. Like me, you, and the first nine people that listen to the show, like I feel like us 11 can go out and beat Northwestern. So I thought like, great, Rutgers is going to get back on track here. Shiano Man's going to get her done. And then like I know they're missing players, but like they got piped. They got absolutely ran in Evanston. Who does that? Like that? So I don't know. It's And this is a bad Northwestern team. Anyone who hasn't watched Northwestern, really this is a very bad Northwestern team. Don't watch. Don't even watch. It. Don't, don't yeah. waste your time. It's bad. I had money on Rutgers. I was like, there's no way they lose this game. Northwestern is Northwestern is Northwestern from two years ago. They're just not a good team. They don't have a quarterback. They can't do it. And they and like Ryan Holinsky, okay, great. If you're really going to ride or die with him, that's not exactly your best bet. Uh, Hunter Johnson's atrocious. I don't know why you keep going back to him or when you know started the season with him. But I thought Rutgers was going to win that game. And – I put money on it and lost. Uh, so I guess kudos to Northwestern. That was my lock of the week too. That was a three unit play for me, and uh, three yeah. units. When I say three units, that, that's ten whole dollars for me. That, that is one <laughs> that's that's how heavy of a gambler I am on uh, on the end of the microphone here. But yeah, man, it's like what the how is this possible? Because yeah, Northwestern's quarterback situation abysmal. Like I, I digress. I don't. I don't want to spend all this time talking about like two of the three worst teams in the conference. But yeah. Like, 
dude, here we are. Sorry, I love. I did not expect three units to be ten dollars. Uh, that was that was wonderful. Um, but, better you know, here, Andrew. That's right. That, that's right. Yeah. Out of my built bar box, uh, one ten dollar bet at a time, baby. That's Just right. trade in built bars for a dollar. Get ten dollars. Get it on. Uh, get it on Rutgers to cover. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Three quarter. That's right. Yep. That's yeah, right. you're sweating out the whole day though, man. Like uh, that Iowa Purdue game, I was literally perspiring terribly. And you know what the thing about that though is, I have sweat block now. I don't know if you tried those yet, but sweat block anti personalized are literally amazing man uh dude that whole game my palms were sweaty but you know it wasn't sweaty my armpits my armpits are great and i was wearing a gray iowa hawkeye shirt which i'm never wearing that again after that disastrous loss but fortunately the iowa hawkeye shirt can be redeemed for anyone else because there's no sweat stains in there because i had anti-person wipes these anti-person wipes are literally amazing just apply it at night go to bed wake up your pits are dry you don't need to worry about what shirt you wear it is awesome Anti-personal wipes from Sweatblock are literally life-saving. I can promise you that. If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Matt, so we talked a lot about the crappy teams. Let's talk about some good teams. Uh, yeah. I don't really want to talk about Iowa, but we can maybe do it. Do you have any questions for me about Iowa? And then we'll get into Michigan State, Michigan, and the other teams. Yeah, like, how are you, and how are the fans? Like, do you, okay, so like, and what I mean by that is like, do you guys still feel like it, it is the Big Ten West for you guys to win? Like, I know that you guys are tied with one loss to it's Minnesota, Minnesota and Purdue. And Purdue. Right? Yep. Do you still feel like you're in the driver's seat though? Like, are you still feeling confident, or did last Saturday's game show glaring holes in your opinion that it's like, uh oh, we might be in trouble here? I think. So I, I do think we're still in the driver's seat, and I feel comfortable that we're going to win the Big Ten West unless we just have a colossal collapse. But mm-hmm. there's a concern that's showing, and it is a team that has a strong secondary can do a lot of damage against us because you can just bring a ton of pressure. Or if you have one or two good pass rushers, apparently we're just not going to chip block anyone, and we're just going to have our redshirt freshman tackle trying to handle a first-team All-American potential defensive end so that is definitely concerning to me but i think overall when you look at it like iowa has the potential to win our defense is very strong most teams can't do what purdue did against iowa purdue does that every year but no other team can i don't understand what's going on i don't i don't get it Iowa changed up a little bit they couldn't get pressure on the quarterback so they were they were throwing some blitzes and going to cover zero but unfortunately we then couldn't cover david bell our best corner was out. Our second best corner, Matt Hankins, went down with a shoulder injury and then came back after four plays, but he didn't look the same. Also, he couldn't keep up with, with David Bell anyway, so it didn't really matter if he was injured or not. Um, so, I mean, but, but we're not going to get a team like Penn State and arguably not a team like Purdue that can do damage to us in a, a myriad of different ways. Minnesota, to me, I feel like has several glaring weaknesses. Wisconsin and Iowa, if that game is anything – if that over under is anything over like twenty four points, I think you have to take the under. Like that is going to be blindly taking the under, blindly taking the under. It could be nineteen and a half under. Uh, the only thing that's concerning about that is like Graham Mertz is actually might be one of the worst quarterbacks in the Big Ten, and going up again like. Wisconsin's game plan has to be don't throw the ball, just run and hope we score. Because like Graham Mertz is going to be feasted on by Iowa and their secondary. So like that'll be really interesting to me. But yeah, the Big Ten, I think Iowa still has a very good chance. I think Iowa fans are just emotionally just so distraught and disappointed um, because you didn't expect it to be like this. That that yeah, was a tough game to take. So, yeah, I think we have the chance, and we have a good chance to go to the Big Ten Championship game. Like, all of our goals are on the table. No one expected right. Iowa to be in the college ball playoffs. I predicted 9-3, 10-2. Very, very well, good chance we have that. We could be looking at this after a Rose Bowl visit and be like, you know what, as long as we don't get blown out again by Stanford, we could be looking at this and be like, this is a good season. No one's concerned about the Purdue game then. But, yeah, it'll be interesting. 
No, right now. So two two more questions, and actually this has nothing to do with the Big Ten West, but rather an opponent you guys played. What should scare us about Penn State? Like, I mean, obviously things changed a lot when Clifford left the game. But before <laughs> that, what was Penn State doing best? Was it Clifford-related at all? Was it their defense? Or what, what spooked you the most about Penn State before and also during the game? Yeah, um, so going into the game, I felt like Iowa matched up pretty well against Penn State. Uh, their defensive line hadn't done that great of a job of stopping the rushing attack. Um, what I wasn't expecting was that Penn State was just going to throw everyone at Iowa's offensive line and rely on their secondary, and their secondary is good. So that is definitely the biggest concern for me. Honestly, offensively, they moved the ball really well against Iowa early on. Sean Clifford was doing a great job. Sean Clifford also threw two interceptions. I mean, like, it wasn't like he was perfect. It wasn't like he was having the best game of his career. Uh, they they did a really good job moving it, but Iowa typically allows a touchdown in the first quarter every single game. I don't know what it was about Phil Parker's defense. Like, you're phenomenal after you let someone score on you, like, in just the easiest freaking way. Like, Maryland, Talia Tagovailoa drove down against Iowa. Like, Iowa was a JV defense. And I was like, this right. is going to be a long right. day. And then all of a sudden, Talia Tagovailoa has the worst day of his life. He should have just ended I up in the first quarter. So, I mean, like, that, that's going to happen. But I think Penn State's secondary is freaking legit. Um, Jahan Dotson is a stud, but Sean Clifford doesn't scare me necessarily. He's a good quarterback, but he still is the same Sean Clifford who makes a few mistakes. Yes, he can scramble. The running game isn't that good, uh, but the secondary is what's legit, man. It's the secondary. Yeah. Okay, so, like, well, Sean Clifford isn't great, and this parlays my next question here of what your favorite part of that game was because my favorite part of that game was the drop-off between Clifford and their backup quarterback whose name I'm blanking on right now. Traycon Robinson. He was also a four-star recruit. Like, that, this guy's been a season for three in years. What sport? In what sport? Because I know it's not football. I, like, my favorite part of the Iowa-Penn State game is you guys, instead of handing the ball off and trying to get a first down, you were kneeing out the ball knowing there would be time left to give it back to their quarterback. Like, And honestly, so two things. One, it, it was an outrageously disrespectful move. But two, it was just a correct move to do. Like, he, he couldn't he couldn't connect with anyone. Like So, like, that was my favorite part of the game is – the outright disrespect to need the ball out to punt it back to him was like 30 seconds left. But it was such it was an Iowa thing. thing. I know. It's great. I love it. It, it worked. It worked. Yeah. I mean, so. Here's what I would say. Um, yeah, my favorite part was when Sean Clifford went out and he wasn't coming back in. Yes, I just said that Sean Clifford wasn't that great, but Sean Clifford was at least moving the ball. And seeing what they have with Traycon Robinson, I was like, unless this guy is like the second coming of Caleb Williams, like they're Iowa is in a great spot because they just started bringing the pressure left and right, and there was nothing available for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was definitely my favorite part of the early part of the game. That Nico Regani touchdown, man, I was sitting on my couch. My in-laws were there. My two sister-in-laws were there. My niece were there. I'm like, what is going on? Why is he, like, hyperventilating watching football? And then he catches the ball, and I just start screaming and yelling. And I'm running around the house, sprinting, sprinting, sprinting. Like, oh, my God, that catch. I'll never forget that catch. Just, Nico Regani, he's gone. Like, oh, my God, what an amazing – that was a beautiful play. Just so exciting. <laughs> hey, Kinnick at night, and I, I talked about this in the Lockdown Big Ten podcast. Like, yes, it was a 3.30 game, but when it, it's going to get dark in the fourth quarter. It's bad. That's when Philly time starts in Kinnick, baby. So, like, yeah, I took the Hawkeyes for that reason alone. No metrics, no stats or anything. It's like there will no, there will be no sunlight in Kinnick in the fourth quarter, and that's why I'm taking the Hawkeyes. And you know what? Damn it. 
it worked, baby. So let's yeah, go. I got them down seventeen to three. I took him to like plus seven, and I also took him to like plus four hundred to win the game. I was like, this is beautiful. And then like literally the next day, like oh, Sean Clifford's out. I was like, we won this game. This is gonna work. Let's go. Yeah, running up the flagpole, baby. Let's go. Ten, yeah. ten more dollars. Let's go, baby. That's right. <laughs> uh, this is a four unit play for me. Twelve fifty. Uh, we're good. <laughs> so for you, like, are you worried? Do you feel like Michigan State's in the driver's seat to win the Big Ten East? Like, well, I mean, they clearly are. You went out, you're in, but like, do you feel like Michigan? Say it's the best team. You know what? Uh, what horrible thing happened is that uh, Ohio State had some get-right games against Rutgers and Maryland. Like they had some <laughs> teams to smooth out their games. Like I would have loved Ohio State to play like Penn State early on the season when they're still having their issues, or Michigan State or Michigan. But no, like they've had two get-right games and then a bye week. I, I, I'm going to need to see it one more time, and it's against Indiana. I, I, I think that they're back, so I think it's safe to say that they're going to be. In the driver's seat here, sadly, but yeah, Penn State fascinates me. I don't know how long term this whole Clifford thing is, but just like you said, like their defense is still fine, you know, to do great. But also October thirtieth, I keep lying to myself and saying that like I'm not worried about it. I'm fine. Like I go during like throughout my days not thinking about it, even though it, truthfully I do. It worries me. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like ask me after October thirtieth. I guess the best way to answer this question, and our listeners have heard me say this a thousand times, like I will start believing they can go to Indy if they're undefeated and up 14 at halftime against Ohio State in the second to last game of the season. Like that that's that's how much it's gonna take for me to believe. Like I, I'm gonna need to see an undefeated team go into Columbus and go into halftime up two touchdowns for me to start believing. But that's fair. I mean, I'll play I'll play that game with you. I mean, I'll believe if Iowa gets past Northwestern and they're eight and eight and one. So like I, I think, I think Minnesota's easier than the other. There, I gotta say, one one seems a little more realistic than the other. Yeah. I think uh, being, being Northwestern is a little more realistic. As well. Also, I love the fact that the Big Ten schedules all of these like big time games that somehow always work themselves out to be very difficult at the end of the season. Like the only thing that like we're missing here is like if Wisconsin was good and later on in the season that would have been right. very interesting for Iowa. But like you, you Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Have any of those teams play? I don't think any of those teams have played each other. No, it's going to be around like, Robin in November. Yeah. It's, no one knows what's going to happen. I know. Like, we end the season with Ohio State and Penn State. And, like, in the years past, it was beautiful. We would end with Maryland Rutgers. So, like, unfortunately, it wasn't to get to Indy in the most recent years for Michigan State. It was, can we win two games to get to uh, the Pinstripe Bowl? Or can we win two games to get to the Red Box Bowl? Like, that was great. But now, okay, we've missed our two chip shots to end the season, and now we get – Buckeyes on the road, and then Penn State at home, who might be playing for a spot in Indy. So I, I, I miss the days of yore when it was just Terrapins and Scarlet Knights back-to-back, but hey, here we are. But no, it's honestly, hey, it must be awesome for you guys and like everyone else in college football to be seeing this round robin between these four teams and the season. But like, I hate it. This is horrible. Like, I've been sweating out. Okay? Like, I sweat out the Nebraska game. Like, I, I, I get worked up over like even the Rutgers game. The West Kentucky game, I lost sleep over like. Now I got to worry about like actual, actual teams that play actual Division One football. Like, dude, I, I, I might die. I might not be here like in late November. I. It's, does your wife get as upset with you about how upset you get at football? Because like I like woke up and I was like, "How'd you sleep?" And I was like, "I was literally dreaming about Iowa Purdue on like last night, like on Sunday night. I was dreaming about Iowa Purdue forty hours later, and I was like having nightmares about that game. Like that's pathetic. It is, but like I'm also pathetic in that regard too. But like. Here's it like when, when losses happen, I, I feel like I do a fine job of just dealing with them. Like, yes, it, like they eat me up inside, but I internalize it. Like, I, I'm just a boiling pot of water, but the lid's on. I'm just silent. I go throughout my day. I had this conversation the other day. It, it's 
like for example, October 30th, it's going to be two undefeated teams, Michigan State versus Michigan. I'm more scared of who I turn into if they win this game. Like that, that is going to be me at my worst. Like I will, I will black out, not from alcohol whatsoever, not not from anything. I, I will just lose my mind, and I don't know who I'm going to become. I actually, I know who I'm going to become. I'll be the worst version of myself. I will be loud. I will be boisterous. I'm not arrogant 364 days of the year, but that one day if they win, oh my god, I. I, I might get punched in the throat that day by someone. I, I don't know. So that's, that's, be, that's, where, that's where the issue lies with me right now, man, is like if they pull this out, and that's when the demon comes out. I'm excited because your, your Twitter feed is fantastic after a win. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that because it is it is truly phenomenal. We talked about Iowa. Iowa has a lot of issues and a lot of repairs. And if you need to do any repairs on your car, like that transition there, this episode is brought to you by Rock Autumn. Wow. Dude, wow. I'm, just, I'm trying some things out right now. They're working. It just seems oh, to happen right now. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With ever number, with ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why interrupt in pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? It's annoying, it's dumb, and it wastes your money and time. I personally went to rockauto.com. I got two engine air filters. Saved me 50 bucks. took me five minutes to deliver directly to my door. Honestly, why would you ever go to a brick-and-mortar store again if you have that available on the internet. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the ports available for your car or truck. Right locked on under how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And you've heard Matt talk about his three-unit $10 plays. Uh, basically, that is just a, a nice little betting term, which means his units are usually $3.33, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, just a nice term to kind of give you some ideas of how we're going to bet on something. I do not have a $3.33 unit play, but <laughs> here we are nevertheless. But no matter what, Matt and I are making all of our bets on betonline.ag. Betonline.ag remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. They are back and better than ever, and they have a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts and Matt, let's talk a little bit about that. Who's winning the Big Ten, man? Like who, who's ending up in Indy for the Big Ten championship game? Uh, before the season, I said that my value play is going to be your Iowa Hawkeyes. I forgot what the odds were. At it was good though. It was, it was fine. A- it was like in the neighborhood of like maybe eight to one, let's call it, or ten to one. But it, it was it was fine enough for you know to dabble some money on it and make a good return on it because Ohio State doesn't have a lot of sizzle. What they're probably like minus two fifty to win it, and yeah. Okay, yeah, like my, my real prediction is, yeah, okay, it's probably going to be Ohio State. Like, I'm sorry to come on here and get, spew a boring take like that, but I, I, I'm just going to keep riding them until they show me any different. And, yeah, listen, I, the week two against Oregon didn't go so great. They can rally with the best of them. I mean, so yeah, give, give me give me Ohio State. But I'm not giving up on our Iowa Hawkeyes, Andrew. That's right. Our I appreciate you. Right there. Solidarity. I appreciate you. It'll be, dude, it'll be interesting if Iowa does go to the Big Ten Championship game and how they handle Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time they played 55 to 24, Iowa's defense is built perfectly to stop an Ohio State defense that literally just likes to be explosive and run the ball. 
Like, yeah, right. Uh, I know. Out of all defense, I mean, like, I think Penn State would be. A, I think Penn State's defense will be a good matchup for Ohio State. Sean Clifford being back will be huge. If Penn State can survive the next couple of games, get to Ohio State, I think Penn State could be a good team. Um, no offense, I'm not. I just I haven't seen anything from Michigan. Like Michigan State, what Speedy Naylor and Kenneth Walker have done is just truly impressive. But I don't know how you get past Ohio State. But I think Penn State is a team I'd be very interested in um, betting at this point to maybe get past Ohio State and make it to the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, no, no offense taken with that whatsoever. Listen, like our, our offensive line coming off of the last game against Indiana, that that left a lot to be desired. And listen, like it's not like Indiana has an incredible front four either. But all of a sudden, no. like on Saturday, they look like they're the Georgia Bulls. It's all transfers. Like, they're all transfers. I know. And so like that, that worried me a little bit for like long-term success. I still think, listen, obviously Michigan State I think is a good team. Like they have the weapons that are amongst the best, yeah. not only in the conference, but the nation. But it's can you, <laughs> can you block for them or buy the quarterback time for them to get on their routes? And – the offensive line's been fine the whole season, but that's the thing. Like they they just been fine. So I don't I don't know if they are going to have enough to overpower the likes of the Buckeyes and the Lions. I hope they can the Wolverines. Michigan may be an interesting case for Indy just because like I haven't watched a ton this year, but when I have like they just remind me of what Wisconsin used to do and just like run the ball roughly ninety six times per game right down your throat and then throw it thirteen times and so let's say it's worked for Wisconsin, but. I, I don't know if it works against like the likes of Penn State and Ohio State. So yeah, my power would be like Ohio State one, Penn State two, and then probably Michigan State three. Did you, you want to talk about disrespectful? It's Michigan going for it on fourth down in the first quarter in their own territory against Wisconsin yeah. to say, <laughs> you know what, Grand Mertz ain't scoring a touchdown to get us. <laughs> I don't trust you at all. We we don't care if we uh if we don't get it. We might need the ball. That's how much we don't respect your offense. Like we'll just give you the ball right here in the red zone. Who cares? Like the guy was. The Big Ten disrespect has been amazing this year. I mean, between James Franklin and Kirk Ferentz going back about injury gate, uh, I mean, basically anytime Scott Frost talks, there's always some sort of controversy. He's going <laughs> out Wisconsin and Michigan, Iowa literally kneeling the ball, as you said, in the fourth quarter. Instead of, like, punting it or, like, doing it, like, sorry, instead of going for it, they're just kneeling the ball and punting it with Tory Taylor and saying, good luck, you're not doing anything against us, like, there's just so much disrespect, and I absolutely love it. Is it tough, though, for you that Michigan State – probably could win the Big Ten West if they are in the Big Ten West? Oh, wow, that's a great question. I, 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 I allowed myself to never even think about that, to be honest. Um, wow, it's like uh, – here's here's a great reference that's very topical from a show that just came out. It's called SpongeBob SquarePants. And uh, it, it's when they, they move uh, Bikini Bottom to, like, a different part of the ocean. It's like if everyone pushes – like, if we just push – Michigan State, East Lansing, so like Chicago area, Northwest can share that area with us. We got enough alumni down there. Like, that, oh, that'd be just fantastic. I don't know geographically who switches over to the East, but yeah, God, that, yeah, God, wow. Now I'm gonna be thinking about that the rest of the day. What if we were a Big Ten West team? I'll take Michigan State. The, the East can have Purdue. Screw it. I don't want Purdue ever again. I want Purdue to leave the conference. I want Jeff Brown to retire. I want Dave Bell to go to the NFL. Like, I'll trade Purdue for Michigan State every day. Well, you okay? So you got to do some legwork here, then, and you got to get your Iowa friends to start building smoke around uh, David Brom to LSU. Because right now it's like, oh, oh wait, yeah. is Mel Tucker going to take the LSU job? No, no, no. you got to start getting smoke up. Like, oh wow, did, I, did you hear that LSU boosters are, are targeting Brom right now? Like, you got to get those uh, rivers in motion. No problem. Get him yeah. out. Of, get him out of West Lafayette. Yeah. I don't want him there. Place. Yeah, it's obnoxious. I hate. I hate Jeff Brom. I, sometimes I want to ask him like. What did you do against Iowa? Like, what did Iowa do to piss you off so much? They were studying. They even admitted he's like, we studied Iowa's defense and offense in the offseason for a long time. Like, why are you studying Iowa's offense? 
Like, wow. what, are you, wow. what are you learning from Iowa's wow. offense here? And then, like, coming out with a three-quarterback system that was just, that was intentional, not because you didn't like your quarterbacks. That was incredibly intentional. And then just – oh, my God. I, I'm getting huffy and puffy again about it. Matt, anything else you want to say about the Big Ten, though? Because we've, we've been going on for a little bit about it. I'm just sorry about last week. That's all. Thanks, I, I guess we didn't mention Maryland too much. Okay, that's it. All right, that, that's all I want to do. It's just like Maryland, you guys are uh, uh, We'll fill in for Illinois as well. We mentioned Illinois. Illinois, they, they wear orange. They are a team that plays football. Yep. Yeah. Um, that covers the Big Ten, I think. I think we just covered every it. team. And huge thanks to Andrew Wade for, uh, yeah, I mean, just chatting, man. I mean, it's always a good time talking with Andrew. Uh, he does great work over at Lockdown Hawkeyes. And, yeah, it's it's always a, a fun time chatting it up. With uh, with him over there, so yeah. Um, like I said, guys, on tomorrow's show, we'll we'll probably be pounding the mailbag pretty hard. Uh, I got a lot of questions about uh, the Michigan Michigan State rivalry, uh, you know, the game going into it. So yeah, we might as well. Hey, we might as well just start talking about that uh, undefeated matchup on ten thirty coming up, and we will do that on tomorrow's show. Uh, if you need some more Big Ten football in your life, if that last half hour wasn't enough. How about the Locked On Big Ten podcast with our guy Nate Dickinson? Yes, go check that out. Uh, he does fantastic work over there. So yeah. Once uh, once this episode's done, which will be in about 15 seconds, yeah, give Locked a big time to try. All right, guys. Uh, thanks again for listening. Appreciate it. You guys are all the best. Love every single one of you individually. That's right. All right, guys. Go Green.